Hi everyone, welcome to the Roots Networking Podcast. I'm Harry Stevenson, a Principal Networking Consultant here at Hamilton Barnes. Today I'd like to welcome a very special guest, uh, Darian Hirutsu, uh, the Director of Services at TACTEC. Darian has been in the networking industry for 14 years now, starting out as a, an engineering leadership development engineer or studying for his master's in network engineering. Really looking forward to hearing about his career progression and dive into more about his role uh, as the director of services at Tech Tech. So uh, Darian, how are you doing today? Yeah, doing great. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to this. Perfect. Perfect. Glad to hear it. So yeah, I guess we'll just start with um, you know how you sort of got into your career um, or current career, shall I say, as the director of services over at Tech Tech. Yeah, no, thanks. So it's been a it's been a fun ride. I'll give some clues or hints as to what I enjoyed over the past few years. I really started, I mean, my first job ever was at a large defense contractor and that was a really good role. It gave me a lot of good exposure. You know, the company produced everything from, you know, IT systems to you know, fleet ballistic missiles and satellites. So, you know, it gave me exposure to how different systems of different complexity get engineered, you know, how to manage requirements, you know, the process of managing requirements and yeah. seeing something from ideation all the way to you know, deployment. Uh, for that particular role, I was doing a lot of sysadmin. I was the jack of all trades, as people say. And yeah. one of the things I was finding, I, I really wanted to understand how my skill set was stacking up to my peers. And, you know, I, I had, like a lot of people, some of that you know, imposter syndrome. So what I found was, through networking and through things like certification, there was you know, at least a data point where I could kind of see how I was yeah. doing relative to other folks. So that was intriguing. So from there, I joined actually a networking services company similar to, similar to Hamilton, uh, really focused on Juniper infrastructure. So chased all those expert level certifications you hear about. Uh, I got yeah. to work on a lot of different networks, enterprise, data center, service providers. So that was a fun ride yeah. after that. You know, I, it was funny because I was carrying the BlackBerry at the time. Maybe that's dating me. I'm not sure these days. <laughs> I had a BlackBerry. I had a BlackBerry. No, no worries. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's, I guess I got, I wouldn't say, you know, networking depression per se. You know, I wanted, I wanted something new, something interesting and, and different after doing that for those years. And so this is about the time where we're seeing commercial products around software defined networking, SDN. So, a friend of mine started a, a services company focused on software-defined networking, training, professional services, and a piece of product. And so I got to be employee number three there, which was a really good ride. Got immersed in software, software development, and, and really DevOps, which that's got my bridge into my current role. So at TACTEC, I'm focused on networking, but also uh, secure DevOps these days. Okay, interesting. How are you finding that? <clears throat> yeah, it's it's what I like to tell people. So it. At SDN or in SDN, our role was to bridge the world of software and networking. So now in Secure DevOps, we're doing something similar with DevOps and security, right? I've yeah. always found good value in being able to be a translator between groups with similar goals or ideally the same goals, but you know, conflicting interests, if you will, and being that conduit for them. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so if we just sort of uh, sort of go back to, to when you first started, or maybe even a bit younger, when did sort of your interest in computers, networking, uh, getting into networking, where, where did that start? Yeah, so computers and networking, I remember, remember being thrust into college in my first computer science 101 class, and I think what I, if I remember right, I remember 
trying to compile a program and having to SCP or, or copy the the artifact, the jar file, I think it was, over to some host over a network, and I was completely lost. Just had no sense of computer literacy, and it looked like black magic. I was getting some help from yeah. you know, dormate, and just that feeling of being so helpless and out of the loop. It, that definitely motivated me to try to understand, you know, systems and how how things are put together. Yeah, and I guess going back to you know that you know the job that I mentioned, you know, my first role as a defense contractor, you know, I got to see a lot of, you know, CCIEs and JNCIE types, you know, really drive outcomes for, you know, end customers, but also the business, right? So the, the project I was working on was focused on building a large IPv6 backbone uh, to interconnect various users. So it was really neat seeing them translate, you know, the customer requirements in a way that, you know, supported, you know, that business. So I just, I really wanted to, you know, earn that seat at the table. So yeah. that's really what kept me motivated and kept me going in that direction. Yeah, perfect. So sort of feeling sort of like valid, and you can bring bring something to the table, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Totally. And then, so throughout throughout your sort of career, obviously in a few different companies, few different spaces, few different sort of you know, uh, areas of tech as well. What's some of the would you say the main changes you've seen in the industry since you started out? Yeah, I mean, you know, we were kind of chatting about automation and everything, like software eating the world. There's all those different sound bites. I mean, we're, we definitely live that on a day to day. I mean, if you look at the past few years, it's some of the things that you know my coworkers are working on and what they're delivering. It's it's a lot of building, you know, basically building applications to drive automation, but really focus on network infrastructure. You know, and it's exciting to see, right? Like I remember we we joked about the BlackBerry. I mean. I've been called at three in the morning, you know, having to log into terminals and the like, right? But I imagine a lot of guests can <laughs> relate to that story. But yeah, so being software centric is definitely the norm. DevOps, you know, being relevant for, you know, a wide array of applications, you know, customer facing, but also just internal, you know, operating infrastructure. Yeah, I'd say like, maybe you see this too, I'm curious in your thoughts, but like the, the challenge of depth versus breadth, you know, at least to like my career progression, I'm definitely in more of a, a breadth phase, you know, like having to touch infrastructure as code for a slew of different cloud providers and cloud services, you know, you have to, you have to accept that you have to continuously learn and adopt yeah. you know, new services. So, you know, I started very much going for depth, you know, focusing on networking and now I'm more of a breadth person. I don't know if that's industry per se, or if that's just my career progression, kind of curious what you think. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's interesting. I think a lot, a lot of the people that that I would that I would speak to a fairly similar where a lot of people now even if they've not come away from traditional networking everyone you speak to okay what what are some of the most important things for you or why are you looking to leave your current company or what whatever it may be a lot of people are now looking to get into software defined networks to get into network automation whether that be you know they want to make the transition from a networking engineer and go more into like the software and coding side or whether mm -hmm. they want to keep that balance between okay i still want to be like be in the networking space and i still want to be hands-on there but i just you know want to get some experience you know automating network making things easier because that's the way the sort of industry going so i think a lot most engineers that you speak to want to transition and and go into the sort of devops arena I would say, um, which is interesting because, you know, when you're working with, I'm working with some companies and they're looking for a software engineer, but really what they're looking for is people that 
understand the network domain, but also have that sort of coding coding experience, the sort of transitioning into that and then becoming more soft software centric. So it, obviously it depends person to person, but I think in general, the industry is sort of going towards that sort of side of things, isn't it? Yeah, indeed. I mean, there's nothing more embarrassing if you're like you're building something on the software side and you're you know, not checking for subnets or correct VLAN IDs, right? So having that domain knowledge is super important for sure. Yeah, and so on that sort of your career progression and now sort of transitions well, because like you said, you have like more breadth and depth now. What are you sort of up to at the moment over at TACTEC? <clears throat> yes, so I mentioned part of my focus these days is around this idea of secure DevOps. And you know, part of what we're seeing is, you know, if you look at a lot of the open source tooling, you know, Terraform, Ansible and whatnot, some of the security infrastructure is catching up a bit. So we're working on a little internal projects. We're working on, we're attempting to get uh, an Ansible module accepted by the AWS collection. So it's a module that provisions what are called cloud HSMs in AWS, a hardware security module. This is where you store things like master encryption keys. So those don't get tampered with to maintain the integrity of you know, your PKI systems. Uh, shameless plug, you know, we're we're new to contributing to that particular collection and it's got AWS in the title. So I'm sure the the requirements yeah. are strict. So if anybody knows how to how to give us some tips, advice, how to test, you know, what they look for, we'd we'd love to hear from you. So Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no wise your your podcast or you plug whatever you want, basically. <laughs> um, and so obviously you, you mentioned a, a few different technologies there, you know, obviously Ansible, AWS, you know, I'm sure those are, you know, they're they're sort of buzzwords right now and, and uh, the sort of newer tech that everyone sort of wants to wants to dive into. What what sort of technology are you most excited about right now? Yeah, yeah, it's a good good one. I, it's funny, like I guess just being an operator, I get excited about products that enable other operators. And we're seeing a lot of a lot of tech and products, especially now, that really enable and reduce friction, or not enable friction, but reduce the friction between different teams. So, you know, software supply chain security has been a bit of a topic, for example. Yeah. You know, we're seeing products that, you know, can review, you know, running artifacts or review code bases and help development teams be their, you know, if they're network engineers, be it a network automation engineers, you know, help them eliminate or ignore vulnerabilities that don't matter, right? I think we're seeing this maturation, right, of network automation now where, you know, these aren't applications off to the side that can, you know, they're not Perl scripts that just live on a laptop, you know, they're actual applications that the business has to support. So they have to meet security requirements. So you know, those products enabling, you know, people like me, so we don't have to continually logging in manually. I think that's really exciting. Um, on the networking side, yeah, like similar types of, um, there's similar types of platforms that you see out there. Like, you know, I remember having to troubleshoot, you know, end-to-end -end connectivity where, you have app one and one network and app two and another and trying to figure out you know the path where a packet's getting dropped um you know seeing platforms that help either through automation or through reviewing like forwarding tables and network state to you know make operators jobs easier right it's it's a lot of work you know trying to keep the lights on so i think it's really exciting it makes quality of life better for you know those of us that have had that role i guess if i could throw out like a, i was talking to a friend of mine and he was doing some DevOps for a government agency and God, he put it so well. He said that, you know, when you, in working for a government agency, when you automate away these tasks, when you make life better, you're making the government better. You know, it's, it's serving yeah. you better. I thought that was a really, a really nice way to think of it, so. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
what what would you say just just interested in on your sort of view because i know like some people would be like okay if automation takes over say like you know a company that had to instead of getting someone to configure 400 juniper routes for example they can just do it like that with someone that automating it and people who are saying okay what what about those people that are configuring those routes what are they going to do or they're losing their jobs what would just interested to know what, what your sort of take would be on that or, or like what what reply your reply would be yeah i mean we face that question all the time in the software defined networking days you know and i think you know the best answer i've got you know they're enabled to do their jobs you know properly and what i mean is you know when you're in networking you kind of become this box engineer right you become this person of you know how do you configure this vlan in this syntax right for this platform or how do you nowadays you know what api do you use to do you know xyz and you know eliminating away that toil i mean one of the biggest enablers i think for say an enterprise network engineer is to be you know a policy centric person meaning you know the the challenge or one of the challenges i hear all the time from customers is they have this app running in kubernetes it's a microservice and it can't reach you know, this app over here in this other cloud, right? And like, what do you have to do? Like today, typically you handle that by bringing in four or five different teams, you know, the, the data center networking team, the edge security team doing firewall, you know, the cloud team that's, you know, deploying network policy using Terraform. And you have to get them all on the phone to figure out how to get that packet from A to B, right? Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, kind of bringing it back. And I just think that once you eliminate the, the box by box configuration pieces, you allow that engineer to have, you know, the right visibility, the right um, perspective to enable that policy, that connectivity in a way where we're not jumping on calls with all these amazing engineers who do basic troubleshooting. So yeah. I think it's a great thing. And it's, yeah. I understand that change is hard and, you know, it challenges how you how you're doing things. But uh, it's it's certainly it certainly made life better for me. I'll say that. Yeah, definitely. I would assimilate it to like, if you look back in the day, like way back in the day, there were factories, right? People used to work in factories and make things. And, and then we started getting machines to do it for us. And people yeah, found yeah. other jobs within that. And then you just, it sort of just switches from you doing one thing to, to doing another thing, which I think is kind of, kind of in a roundabout way, what you were sort of getting out there, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we talked about having the seat at the table, you know, and, and solving business yeah. and customer problems. I mean, it, it enables more of those conversations so you don't you know have to be up at two in the morning configuring configuring stuff manually yeah i think yeah, that's a great yeah. thing yeah yeah definitely <laughs> no one wants to be up at those times and <laughs> working in internet is pretty much um and so if you had sort of like an infinite budget to purchase one thing for the business right now what what would that be yeah i i love this question i wish i had a better you know visionary tech answer that <laughs> users could you know listen to and, and you know transform their careers i mean i hear about quantum a lot these days and you know how that's going to affect like cryptography um i am not the person to you know place that bet on but i guess a couple things that come to mind i mean you know we're in when you're in services you're a talent-based company um so i'm always looking for more platforms more learning platforms on board to you know make our team better more knowledgeable to deliver value faster so not that's the, not an infinite budget thing that's more of you know some time and knowing what's creating value 
um, maybe travel, <laughs> like more travel would be nice. So I could see more customers face to face, you know, network with other other amazing engineers that you're reaching. So, you know, we can figure out who we, we can hire. Uh, we're looking for a salesperson. Maybe I should be using Hamilton Barnes to <laughs> help us mine. Yeah, potentially, potentially. <laughs> so that, that's interesting though, infinite budget. Um, I guess there's an interesting take and obviously you want to get in front of people more and I guess find out their needs, give them a bit more of a white glove service. That's uh, it's good good to hear. I was expecting maybe to go more on the tech side, but yeah, very interesting. Um, perfect. So sort of moving forward, um, how can you imagine your industry will evolve as technology sort of develops? Yeah, so maybe this was not technology specific per se, but one thing that we're we're seeing is more adoption and more consumption of you know both product and service through cloud marketplaces. So, you know, if you're around AWS, GCP, Azure, you know, you can explore the marketplaces and a lot of the vendors that you're using and a lot of your partners are delivering services through through SKUs that are consumable through those marketplaces. Um, either directly, you can just click order or you know, also engage you know, your traditional salesperson. And I, I mentioned that because you know we're talking about you know, being at the table, you know, having a seat. And I think what that marketplace does is it gives a lot of power in the hands of you know the developer, the DevOps engineer, the networking person, since you know those products or services, you know, those get counted against you know either you know cloud consumption or you know any number or cloud spend effectively, right? Um, you know, it eliminates a lot of these barriers. So you know engineers can you know kind of like what we're talking about with you know networking professionals, you know, instead of being banging on the keyboard you're building systems or delivering results for end customers or for the business i think it's a really powerful powerful concept you know not having to understand the details of an msa or a statement of work you know you know, really synthesizing that down to something that's easily consumable through that marketplace i think it's a pretty powerful thing yeah yeah 100%. i see you all about sort of saving time right and, and being using your working i guess smarter not harder yeah absolutely definitely Perfect. So at the minute, what sort of emerging technologies are you most impressed with um, and how do you see them changing the life of, of, say, a traditional network engineer? Yeah. Yeah, I like this one. So, you know, being being operator centric, like we've been talking about, you know, going back to that you know, improvement of efficiency, um, <clears throat> this is maybe more you know, secure DevOps as opposed to networking, but you know, some of those networking people are getting pulled into DevOps. And one of the things that we've seen are you know, newer products coming out, especially over the past you know few months and even the past year, that are you know helping people prioritize the right things. Um, what I mean is, you know, every application out there has some level of vulnerabilities. That's just part of you know doing business, releasing applications at scale. It's not that surprising. A lot of those vulnerabilities just aren't that relevant. Either they're not, they're false positives. They may be uh, unexploitable. So. It's been kind of cool to see that there's now tooling coming out that's helping with efficiency. So figuring out which of those vulnerabilities organizations need to focus on. And I think that touches you know, all parts of infrastructure. So you know, if you're a network engineer and you touch you know, a firewall, not having to get pulled in to you know, block a port when it's unnecessary or understand if you have to do that, you know, or a WAF engineer having to update a policy. So being able to you know, focus on the right things, you know, kind of going back to that operator story you know, making sure they're focused on you know what they need to focus on um i think there's you know we, we mentioned this a bit before too you know similar types of systems products and whatnot for we're seeing that in networking you know platforms that enable 
you know, people that are interested in automation, you know, driving their ability to deliver that, right? So, <clears throat> you know, if you're involved in things like DevOps and infrastructure as code, Ansible, Terraform, you know, you need you need some platform to actually be your runner, right? To execute your infra code. You know, we're starting to see platforms that you know, simplify that and give you like workflow management, you know, around those, you know, around that code base, right? which is really a critical piece and not necessarily where you start, right? If you're coming more from the networking side, so yeah. Rather than having to build all that from scratch, you know, yeah, 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 definitely, perfect. And what sort of advice would you give to someone looking to pursue a career in the sort of tech space at the moment? Yeah, yeah, I'll give, I guess, just generic advice. I'm, I'd say the first one, just based on some things that have happened over the past few weeks, I'd say, you know, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Is this a good one? It's probably a cliche, <laughs> but I think it's 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 holding true. I think on one hand, if you're uncomfortable, it's it's probably your your brain or your your being telling you that you know you're advancing yourself. You're doing something that's important, that's outside your range, that's causing you to grow. Um, I think also, and I, this might be a a personal personal issue, but you know, at least for me, when when I look back and I think about you know, failures or things that I should have done better that I really wish I'd done better. A lot of it comes down to those issues being preventable, but me not wanting or feeling uncomfortable talking about them and being more proactive to you know, prevent those those failures from happening. So I'd say, you know, one, you know, get comfortable being uncomfortable. You know, it's, it's okay to talk about things that are going wrong. It's not necessarily a reflection of you, but yeah. also you might just be growing, you know, yourself. Um, so that's the first one. I'd say the second one, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot, you know, especially around, you know, you probably see this really a, a project delivery lesson or, or piece of advice. You know, it's it's really not about how you start, it's about how you finish. Another cliche, sorry if these are too simple, but <laughs> no, it's so, you know, if like you talk to like business leaders or leaders of, of teams, you know, they want to get stuff done, you know, and just because you start something well, uh, that does that's not indicative of getting things done if you're not finishing, right? So. You know, just thinking about you know, the life cycle of, you know, say projects and, and you know, delivering on results. Um, yeah, it's not about how you start, it's about how you finish. Yeah. I, maybe one last one, a third one, you know, you're, I, I know I'm guilty of this, and so this is me telling myself, but, you know, learn to treat your your career as, as more of a marathon than a series of sprints. You know, like I've, I've had these spurts where I'm, you know, up all night working on, you know, XYZ, trying to learn a particular skill. I'm a dad now. I don't know about yourself. You have kids, but you know, it's you, you really got to plan out that time more. And so, the more you can kind of build that muscle of you know consistent, continuous learning, I think that's that's going to really serve you. I really yeah. Need that. Yeah. No, definitely. I know I don't have uh, don't have kids yet. <laughs> Still a little bit early for me. But just just on that, that's that's sort of some of the advice uh, advice you'd give to someone else. If you could go back and and speak to yourself when you were first starting out in 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 the networking space or, or in the tech space, what what would you tell your what would you tell a younger you? Oh man, I think that's what I would tell my younger me. <laughs> um, I think I'm relaying the lessons learned of things that I wish I'd known back then. I think it'd be those three things. You know, I think those are. Me looking back at, at my career, what what I wish I would have done either earlier or done differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. And then yeah, so obviously we have a, a quick fire round. Uh, Hamilton Barnes, just uh, whatever first comes into your head. Obviously, it doesn't have to be like uh, immediate. Um, 
just distances for a little section of the uh, of the interview. So, um, Apple or Android? <laughs> Apple at the moment, anyway. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So user friendly. So it's hard not to use Apple. Perfect. And what career did you dream of uh, when you was a kid? It's my son sad. I wanted to be a baseball player, but really I didn't did. practice hard enough, so yeah. <laughs> didn't quite turn out. Yeah, uh, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> uh, how much uh, how much caffeine do you consume a day? <laughs> One to two cups, unfortunately. Trying to get that down as we speak. Oh, that's that's not too bad. That's not that's not the worst of us. Definitely. Um, and if you could describe yourself using three adjectives, what would they be? This is a tough one. I need to be better about self evaluation. Yeah. I'd say pensive, uh, conscientious, hopefully accurate. <laughs> Although my wife might dispute that last one. <laughs> <laughs> all great qualities perfect um well yeah that's that's the that's a quick fire round um and, and that's the sort of coming to the end so uh thank you for coming on uh that's been the, the route to networking podcast and um Aaron, if people want to want to find you maybe on linkedin and, and whatnot but where can they find you yeah mostly on linkedin so darian dash hirotsu i think is my username you can reach me at darian at tactech.net maybe i could help link your show notes or whatnot contact info yeah happy to follow up perfect thank you for coming on and uh, thank you for everyone for listening